You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Away we go. We got Twins playoff baseball today. We got Vikings and Chiefs on the horizon here next Sunday. By the way, give me those five and a half right now. I know I'm spoiling our pro picks, but give me those five and a half. Hmm. Chiefs five and a half point favorites at U.S. Bank Stadium. He did screw over anyone who took the Chiefs and the spread by not scoring that touchdown at the last minute on Sunday Night Football. A lot of people were pretty upset about that one. Yeah. Oh, hold on. I muted oh. Judd. That, this was me. Oh, I muted Judd. No. He was rifling what? papers before the show. That was a Declan mute. I didn't unmute <laughs> why, you. Why are you rifling? Bad. When we click record, why are you just like rifling through a newspaper? I was picking up my paper. No, it's not newspapers. It's my ad reads. It's my ad reads that I have right here every <laughs> single day. It was not a newspaper. The newspapers are off to the side. Just rifling I am prepared papers. to start the show. <laughs> there are times, though, I realize this. Um, th- there ha- have been times where I'm on mute and start to talk, and I'm like, did I m- mute myself? And I was Declan muted. Yeah. And then Declan It's usually gets, for a re. He's not just, like, and muting then you Declan to sabotage Declan gets upset. You. Right, but I don't look at it if I don't mute myself. Right. Nor should it was a very mute. brief. It was very brief going through papers. Yeah. I was just <laughs> taking them from point A to point B. Okay. All right. For sure. No, it's fair. It's fair. Hey, um, if you're, uh, we're gonna get to so many things on the show here today. We have a we have a stud stable from our guy Randy in Cottage Grove. We've got Judd's extra. F- I was right. I thought something was off with your I'll pie explain. chart math yesterday. User error. User error, and I'll explain. Judd has an extra five percent of praise for <laughs> the Vikings. Yeah, but uh, let's 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 talk about the Vikings defense here for a little bit uh, to start the show. Presented by our friends over at Quick Trip, our new friends over at Quick Trip. Judd Zolgad. Yes. First of all, thank you, Quick Trip. We 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 threw it out there yesterday and said tweet us your quick trip pictures and what did we get back boys we got like a ton of pictures back it was awesome people, people love like, quick trip man quick yeah trip they're, the they're like quick trip and score north and purple oh, yeah. daily and here's why because yeah. the choices yeah. the choices at quick trip are fantastic now me coffee guy karuba coffee absolutely mm-hmm. outstanding dex brought me a large it it was great but you think about the choices the choice i've got a list right here you talk about crumbling papers i got a quick trip list right here of what you can get Get each and every day full offering of chicken options fresh for meal preparation or heck di- dinner itself fried chicken with the bone in two four mm. or eight piece and by the way there's an eight piece special every wednesday so tomorrow an eight piece special roasted whole chicken chicken tenders which by the way we all absolutely love on, three love or eight piece oh, yeah. perfect for quick and easy a uh, lunch or dinner Uh, Chicken sandwiches, boneless wings, uh, just a plethora of options at Quick Trip. The marriage between Purple Daily and Quick Trip is absolute perfection. The official, the official store of Purple Daily. Quick Trip. Um, Okay, Daniel Jones getting tablets thrown at him by his coach last night. And the the Giants getting just 
absolutely bludgeoned on national TV by the Seahawks. The world is coming to find out that Ed Donatel is the reason why Daniel Jones makes $40 million and why the Giants are going to have a top three draft pick. And the offensive line is a train wreck there, too. But what? let's start the conversation with just what a contrast. Vikings ambushing a rookie quarterback with Harrison Smith blitzes and scooping scores, leading the NFL in blitz rate. After moving off of the defensive coordinator who sat back in a shell for four months, allowing guys like Daniel Jones to carve this team twice, twice. in a month. Twice. He did it in the loss, too. It ain't the 2000 Ravens we're talking about here with this Vikings defense, but it is a breath of fresh air change. Well, first of all, think, think about this one, okay? As painful coming off a 13-win season as that January to the Giants in the first round was, it's going to do far more damage to the Giants than the Vikings because they made a decision based on that game, which was totally, totally full of fault now. Yeah. Like, like that was a tough loss, no doubt. But you know what? Everybody said, well, this Vikings team, it's good and it's fun to watch, but, you know, it might not be. But if you're the Giants, you made a massive investment based on that game in particular and how fraudulent now in retrospect, which to your point, comes back to easy ed's defense so the first thing that comes to mind is this is one of the f a few vikings playoff defeats where i think the opponent that won actually is going to suffer more which is really yeah. really funny to say like so many teams make dumb decisions at quarterback based on like a mirage season or a playoff win or something correct me if i'm wrong didn't did Blake Bortles get a second contract did or when remember when Blake Bortles threw for like 4000 yards and the Jaguars the went to like the AFC Championship in 17 game. against the Patriots same they, same year that the Vikings went uh, against the Eagles yeah i mean teams just get tricked into these where it's like most people watching from afar know that Daniel Jones really isn't that good but the Giants are like oh my god he threw for 300 yards twice in a month against the Vikings and here we sit now and because of that game, if Daniel Jones doesn't do that twice, right, because of those two games, maybe Ed Donatel doesn't get fired. You know, what if what if the Vikings defense was a little bit better in one of those games? Did they go for a sec? So that game might have allowed Brian Flores to step in here, and it allowed the Giants to handcuff themselves with Daniel Jones for the next couple of years. And I get that he was sacked like 10 times last night. A lot of those are also his fault for just ha yeah. not having a clue what to do with the football or where to go. So, wow, if Ed Donatel's not getting a commission on that, what, a $160 million contract or whatever it is, then oof. And Brian Dable got fooled, and that's what surprises me. Like, if O'Connell gets fooled like that, if you're an offensive sort of quarterback whisperer type of coach, that's damn near a fireball offense. Like, you're in place not to get fooled, yeah. right? Like, well, you're supposed yeah. to. So, so like, that's the O'Connell thing now in identifying what we think is going to be Kurt, uh, Kurt Cousins' successor is like, you need to be right. There's not a lot of like, oh, you were wrong. Or, you know, Dan, I saw Jones. I worked with him. I loved him. When we're seeing the garbage that we're seeing now, like you are in this job to make sure that does not happen. Yeah. So another thing here too, just, I'm just kind of looking through, like I've mentioned the blitz rate. You know, Vikings are leading the NFL in blitz mm -hmm. rate this year. 58% they are sending an extra man. And some of that scale back with Davenport in the mix. Brian yes. Flores went from like an 80-some percent blitz rate two weeks ago to like 30-something percent in that game against Carolina because when you got Marcus Davenport getting pressure, 
and Daniil Hunter. Ideally, you don't have to blitz as, as often, right? But here's a few differences between Brian Flores and what he's doing and Ed Donatel with what he wasn't doing last year. So 58% blitz rate this year compared to 19% blitz rate last year. And again, like ideally, you would never blitz. You would just get great pressure with your front four, but that's not the world we live in. As far as like productivity on defense, yardage, so yards per play this year, Vikings are 10th in yards per play allowed after the first almost quarter of the season. They were 30th in 2022. Scoring defense, 19th, which includes a pick six in that math, by the way. If you if you took the pick six away, which was not the defense's fault, they'd actually be like 15th in scoring defense, which is yes. up from 30th at the end of 2022. So yep. this is kind of what we were begging for, right? Doesn't need to be a top five defense. Can you be more aggressive? Can you cause a little bit more chaos at the line of scrimmage and go from being like 30th to maybe 15th and in the yardage department, 10th, scoring department, 19th, but it includes a pick six. So I think we would all have signed up for this at the beginning of the year. And the only thing that I've seen uh, in the first four games defensively that I really was like, what is going on here was the run game that the Eagles established in game two when the Vikings really didn't alter things much. And I'm like, what are they Mm -hmm. not, you know, like, like Brian Flores is really good. Why aren't they doing more? Well, come to find out uh, back channeling a little bit. It sounds like Marcus Davenport who played four snaps and and then had to bow out of that game or bowed out of that game. Marcus Davenport was supposed to be a huge part of the defensive game plan. Now that's on the Vikings as a whole, probably for counting yeah. on that in the midst of, of his ankle problems continuing, but they were shorthanded at that point. And, and Davenport went from being this major key in that game to not playing and that caused problems. So at least it sort of explains it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but beyond that, I don't think I've seen a defensive effort where I'm like, Oh, that's terrible. And, and also, to Flores' credit, keep in mind, when he got the head coaching job with the Dolphins, his first year, they were defensively, I think they improved a bit from being terrible, but it still was not good. And then year two, they took off. Yes, and I'm glad you brought up year two of the Flores defense in Miami because in that second year, those Miami Dolphins, led by Brian Flores, played their only game against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. It was week 14 of 2020. And I remember seeing when, when Brian Flores signed on to be the defensive coordinator here, someone, I think it was a YouTube breakdown, someone had sent over a video to the show saying, hey, here's what the Dolphins defense did to Patrick Mahomes week 14, 2020. Now, on the surface, if you look, you say, wait a second, the Chiefs beat the Dolphins 33 to 27 in that game. The defense gave up 33 points and it was 30 to 10 going in the fourth quarter. So like, I mean, did he really get the best of Patrick Mahomes? If you dig a little bit deeper, Patrick Mahomes in his career has had only two games where he's thrown three interceptions and where he's been sacked three times in a game or more. This was one of those games. So he ran. He also fumbled. Uh, it was a nine-yard loss fumble. So Patrick Mahomes uh, still found a way to put 33 points on the board in that Chiefs offense. They also had Tyreek Hill then. This is from, you know, three years ago. But... It was one of the more uh, difficult three-hour chunks in Patrick Mahomes' career in terms of sack avoidance, interceptions, the fumble. So I'm curious to see what Flores has queued up for uh, for Mahomes here in a few days on Sunday, especially with Davenport back in the mix. 
And if they can get the pass rush after him, and look, Mahomes is evasive. He can dance around the pocket. He can move around. We've seen all the ridiculous sidearm type of throws he can make. But how much of a wash is it that the Vikings defensive backs haven't maybe been proven or great, and the Chiefs wide receivers also being pretty bad? Like, we, we saw that against the Lions, how just mm-hmm. horrible those receivers were. Now he's got Travis Kelsey, one of the best tight ends in football. But, I mean, he's still Patrick Mahomes, so I expect him to probably still make plays with those bad wide receivers. But it's not like he's littered with this talent around him. So how did, I guess, both of those stack up against the Vikings defensive backs versus the Chiefs wide receivers? I think two things off that. Number one, I am, I almost fear the running game just as much. I think the Chiefs had 200 yards rushing against the Isaiah Jets Pacheco, defense. Pacheco's a monster. Pacheco. Yeah, he is seventh round real, pick. Yeah, I know, but he's a monster. It's really, so, yeah, I know. I'm not. I'm saying, yeah. like, wow, how no, they I know him in the seventh round. Yeah, Brock Purdy, I guess. And then the other question is, who does defend Travis Kelsey? Do they? Is it because they the Vikings have three and four safeties on the field regular basis? Is it yeah. where like this Josh Metellus? That's my guess. Pick up that role? Yeah, because it's not going to be. I don't think it's go, going to be Pace. It certainly w- wouldn't be Hicks. So yes, I think Metellus, and and I think that they because. The receivers actually aren't that good. I wonder if they double at times as well on Kelsey. Uh, just one quick thing, too. And and this, and I know Bryce Young is not good, but the defensive line rotation with Davenport in on Sunday, to me, became very important because it it elevated other people. Um, and, and so the guy to start out with here, and I keep saying this, I think he's a good rotational role player. DJ Wanham is not a big, like big time starter. He's not a guy that can play a, a ton. So his snaps from weeks one through four went 54, 52 against the Chargers, 59, and then against Carolina, 45. Mm-hmm. He and Davenport equally had 45 defensive snaps. And I think that is huge because one, it, it allows both uh, to get a breather at times, but two, it puts want him in a position where he belongs and when he's there i think we saw a pretty good game a scoop and score on sunday a sack so as far as like the rotations go yeah i do think i do think that the defensive line and to declan's point the pass rush is going to be aided by the fact that it's a big if but if davenport can stay on the field hunter's consistent Wanham's improved and davenport as we saw can get after the quarterback and make a difference. He's not Hunter, but he but he's definitely, in, in my opinion, skill wise, a step up from Wanham and helps Wanham actually improve. By the way, uh, Andre Carter got three defensive snaps in this game and a tackle. So got a few last couple of games, yeah, activated and uh, and out there. The undrafted rookie free agent from Army. One note, and then we'll get to uh, our stud stable here from the Vikings' first win of the season. Just another nugget from this Brian Flores defense. The Vikings have climbed the charts in terms of forcing short passes this year. So the Vikings defense is averaging the third lowest average depth of target of any defense in the league this year. They were more like mid-pack, sort of, I think, like around 15th or 19th last year. So on average, opposing quarterbacks are throwing the ball a yard and a half shorter per attempt than they were against the Donichel defense, which makes sense. Flores is trying to get quarterbacks to make quick decisions, right? Yep. Hey, here's we're throwing something at you. Make a quick decision. Right. And they've gotten burned a few times on that. But in general, if you can force shorter passes and then go make the tackle, yeah, <laughs> you're going to force more punts and, and more uh, potentially third and longs, right? 
that's going to be the key uh, Sunday, though. Herbert was very comfortable. Like, like Her- Herbert actually exposed that be- because he was comfortable, quick pressure, but he bang, bang, bang. Uh, Mahomes will do the same. I think the second part of what you said is the absolute imperative thing is you've got to make the tackle like quickly. It can't be like, here's a short pass and there's eight more yards. Here's a short pass and there's seven yards. So if you can actually get to the man, yes, it works. Uh, but this is going to be a, a enormous test of this defense. So there's your meat and potatoes football. Brian Flores Snap compared counts, to Ed Donichel. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, Jub will guess the PFF grades and will give us his extra 5% of his pie chart that he mathematically uh, left out yesterday. I, it wasn't a math problem. I'm going to tell you that right now. It, it, it was oh, really? a clerical problem. It was on my sheet. That's a math problem. And we'll I'll get to it in a second. later in the show here, but let's bring him in. He is the uh, most passionate Vikings fan we know. You can find him on Twitter at RandyVikes69. He is uh, Randy in Cottage Grove. How are you, sir? How'd you celebrate that first victory of the season, Randy? Yeah, same way we deal with a loss. What? The same way we deal with a loss. You know, just just some shots. Okay, just be safe out there. Okay. Oh, it's <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, we're drinking either way. Yeah, just be safe. Just be but safe out there. You think fans don't? Sometimes you booze out even more after a loss. But there was a good one. There was a that. Is what uh, it's what you finally like to see is what they call a signature win, uh, kind of all clicking on all uh, all facets. Well, if I call it a signature win, it was a win. Do we have to go that? It's, it, it was a win. Oh, if it's a like beating there, the Chiefs, there, the Chiefs good, would be a signature win. Carolina is a good team. There's a lot of professionals on that sideline, and uh, they came to play. They 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 were hungry too. Yeah, oh yeah, they they were hungry too. They didn't they didn't uh, want to go zero and four, and now they are. Yeah, I, right. I, I'd probably stop short of calling it a signature win with the Niners coming up on the schedule. How about a statement? It was a statement victory. It was okay. a victory. Put you put the okay the Packers they, they're they're awful. So that right now it's 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 us and the Lions and and don't we'll stop see what him. happens when we face off. Yeah, still still a couple of games behind the Lions, so got some got some work to do. Oh. But uh, yeah, but you know you got you you can't you can't get to the playoffs and win your first Super Bowl. Uh, usually by starting 0-4. So I think we all we can all agree it was a good win for the Vikings. Randy, uh, we'd love to throw it to you for your first... This is your first stud stable in like 10 months. It's a, a It's been a long time, and mm-hmm. it's, we're overdue, as they say, and hopefully there's going to be another one next week, but let's go ahead and, uh, and, and kick it off. Take off the, take off the Band-Aid and let's go. All right, let's, uh, let's take off the Band-Aid. Fire this the is... This is the week four stud stable after a Vikings win over the Panthers from Randy and Cottage Grove. This is just an, uh, what they call an appetizer for the, what the, this everyone's calling the, the Swifty game on Sunday. We got to get, we got warmed up. We got lubed up and we're ready to rock, ready to, ready to make some, make some hay now and go two and three. But first, do you think Taylor's get... going to show up to the stadium on Sunday? If she wants to uh, come to the bar in Grove, it'll, she'll drink free. I'll tell you that. What's what your favorite offer. era? Such a nice offer. I, Randy, I, what's, what's your favorite era of Taylor Swift music? I'd uh, love to know. Whatever ones, whatever ones are the fanciest, I guess, the, the, the jazziest outfits. We, we like that. She, do, she does have some jazzy outfits. Yeah, that's definitely. Be definitely very careful. Like, tread lightly, gentlemen. Okay, so uh, 
I got off my track now. So uh, this was a good, uh, this was, as I said, a a, a statement, kind of a quality character win. Uh, The kind of win you look back on in the playoffs and say that that kind of a win, pulling out a win is what what we did all year last year. And we did it now. We did it. We did it uh, with authority. And uh, there's a lot of, a lot of guys who could be in this stable, but first off, I'm just going to put a guy in who's been in here a lot over the years. And he's he's in there for for a reason now, and he's he's finding a new way to get involved in the scheme, and that's Harrison Smith. Harrison, oh, yeah. well, I see that two two flying in on these blitzes. <laughs> that's exactly what we thought we were going to get when Brian Flores signed up to be a part of this thing. Harrison, I was snug. We were all snug, and we were saying, <laughs> "Look at him flying in." They say you're long in the tooth. Maybe not so much. Maybe not in this new rule. Harrison Smith. The way I see it, you're a stud. Dude, Harrison Smith safety blitzes make all of us snug, I think, Mm -hmm. Randy. Mm -hmm. And the guy who put uh, him in that position to succeed, just mentioned his name a minute ago, Brian Flores. Uh, Brian, Mm. uh, you're a guy who probably should be a head coach, probably will be again. But but right now, uh, you're doing what what you can do to, to take a lot of age aging pieces and a lot of young raw talent, as they say, some real studs. You mentioned Metellus. He could be in here too, but right now I'm just going to stay with Flores and say, Brian, welcome. That was a, that was a win that fell mostly on the shoulders of your defense, Brian, you made it happen. And you're a guy who's going to hopefully stick around here at least a year or two before you get that next big opportunity. But you're going to get it, Brian, because you're a stud. You're a stud. B flow. And finally, He's a guy who's been in the dud stable a couple of times, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give him his due. He threw what what they call a pick six early. Yeah, that's right. And it was it was awful. I, it was the throw was bad. It, it was off. A lot of a lot of QBs make that throw and just kind of take their chin strap off and sulk back to the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Not this guy. Not Kirk. Not this guy. He mm-hmm. he scooted his ass ninety yards down the field just to get rocked. Just to get rocked, and that's that's what we call a tough customer. Just but to feel something. Throw, just to feel something, you know. Yeah, their throw was garbage. Uh, uh, he 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 tried his best to to hose the whole game, but I do have to say that that he's going to give up the body in a contract year. He's a guy who's willing to run down the whole field and get trucked, as they say. So Kirk Cousins, just for being a tough customer, you get an honorary spot this week. Kirk, you're a stud. Yes, Kirk. Kirky boy. So you like that? You like yes. said that we liked it. <laughs> I think he's gone. By the way, I think. I think no, he is gone. And I was just going to ask. So the guy that caught Ooh. two touchdown passes did not make the studs table. Well, there's only three places in this. Well, says the guy that that left five yeah, percent of his pie chart. You're, on you're the not going to. By okay. the way, I'm going to warn you right now. You're not going to like the five percent because. It, but it was on my list, and I overlooked it. It was an honest mistake. The math was done the night before. It was 100%, and then I forgot. I didn't look. Here's the thing. I made a big mistake. I did the pie chart of praise on my phone, so I tried to read it off of there when I should have done it on a notebook. I should have had it on paper like I ordinarily do. I've Hmm. never made this mistake before. I'll never do do it on my phone again. Yeah, I got too cute. I got too cute. It's just like if Buxton had been active for this first round. I, I tempted myself. I tempted fate by doing something that was was too cute. Now, do you want to hear what the five percent was? Yeah, I think I think this would be the a good time. Yeah, because I've got pie. So okay, just to, got just to recap, so yesterday you gave ten percent. This is your pie chart of praise here. Yeah, ten uh, percent to Justin Jefferson, 
10% to the running game, 10% to Marcus Davenport, 15% to DJ Wanham, 15% to Brian Flores, and 40%. Right? Hitman. No, 35%. 35%. Yeah, that, to the but, but, and then oh, you're I wrote right, down 40, 40 in advance because I thought yeah, that's you where thought the math it, was going. Yes, yes. And now, now, again, this was on my on my phone in my notes, um, which was my mistake, but there was a 5% at the bottom, which I had added late on Sunday and then overlooked on Monday. I'd like to apologize to everybody out there. Wow. Um, I'd like to apologize to all our fine sponsors. I let you down. I'm really, really sorry. Quick trip. I love you. But anyway, like the pressure of the season is already getting to Judd. We're only but four it, games in. He can barely no, even no. function through a pie chart of praise. Eh. No, no. But anyway, anyway, here it is. Well, you know what? They're one and three. I didn't like the game. I was glad that they won, but it was tough. So the whole thing, I allowed it to drag me down. I shouldn't have five. The five percent at the bottom of my sheet was. I gave 5% in the pie chart of praise for the Vikings win to Frank Reich and Bryce Young <laughs> for just showing up. That's, that's fair, actually. I gave them 5% because without them, without them, I don't feel with a head coach that benches the quarterback and puts in Dalton or without a quarterback who is in so far over his head, it's not even funny. I gave them the first 5% that I left out. Yeah. That it's and they're playing the long game. They're playing yeah. the long game. In, well, in order for Bryce Young to be as good as he probably can be at some point, he probably has to go through this stretch. But could they have not just sat him for the first I'd like Mahomes eight or nine him. games? I'd Mahomes him. I'd sit him for a year. The difference in the situations is the Chiefs Mahomes Mahomes because they were already like a twelve win team with Alex Smith. So they were like, we're trying to make the playoffs here, right. and so we we're, we're our best chance to make the playoffs is with Alex Smith over a rookie quarterback, and the best thing for the rookie is for him well, to sit behind Alex Smith. Right. And the, 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 the Panthers, right. I don't think, I mean, maybe, maybe well, this is the, if, if the Panthers came into the season thinking we're going to try and make the playoffs, they're not coming off 12 wins like the Chiefs were, but or why whatever the, it was. But wh- why wouldn't you look at this kid playing like on Sunday and say he just has to sit and learn? Like, I don't think you're going to ruin, my, my problem is this, I don't think by sitting a quarterback for approximately a season, especially with, with a guy like Dalton, who would probably, mm-hmm. at his age, be a willing mentor, I don't think you're going to ruin Bryce Young. Like, I don't think that's going to stop his growth. Yes, it's going to cost you a year of his contract, but I do think that if you force a kid, especially in the wrong situation, into playing, you can do damage that lasts. Yeah, uh, I agree. I do think you can do damage that lasts. And yes, uh, not yesterday, two days ago was a game where you probably – Probably did some damage. Hugh Bryce Young. Yeah. He was. He what missed, good did that do? Thielen's all pissed off in the end zone because he missed him on a double move and yep. you know the strip sack, game changing strip sack, whatever. But mm-hmm. all right, so five percent to the rock knows how the incompetence of the Carolina. I'll be better Panthers. next time. I'll be better next time. <laughs> and we're away not, we effing go. <laughs> yeah, we're not here. We're not here as mathematicians on Purple Daily. Uh, although we are here as uh, as great spokespeople, okay? Spokespeople for companies like Federated Mutual Insurance Company, which is here as a great offensive line to help protect your business. We've got Judd guessing the PFF grades coming up here. We've got uh, we've got our uh, our weekly pigskin pecking order, but Federated Insurance is all about helping you elevate your business through risk management, okay? 
It's all about looking out on the horizon, helping protect your business. They have over 100 years of experience. They're based in Owatonna, Minnesota, but they work with companies and people all across the company or the country, I should say. Find out more about Federated at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Also, 3Jack in the house here in the North Loop. 3Jack is one of our favorite spots here on Purple Daily. Yeah, it combines all my favorite things. It combines uh, golf simulation. It combines loaded nachos. It combines great beverages. You got a great area for the patio. It's still like 80 degrees out here in October. You can enjoy yourself out on that great patio. Uh, go to 3Jack.com to stay up to date on all the great menu options they have. They have game day specials as well for Vikings games. Yeah. And uh, you can book yourself a simulator bay as well. Get some swings in at 3Jack. Go check out 3Jack. Get that loaded nachos. Get those. Fr- get the fried chicken sandwich. A great tap list as well. Go to 3Jack and 3Jack.com and go check them out in the North Loop. And hey, if you've showed up on the injury report at your house, okay, with whatever it is, a back, an elbow, a knee, an ankle, Summit Orthopedics is here to help you. No referrals are needed, and they offer same-day appointments, and they offer orthopedic urgent care seven days a week starting at 8 o'clock in the morning all the way until 8 p.m. 25 Summit Orthopedics locations across the Twin Cities and greater Minnesota, over 150 expert physicians and physical therapists specially trained in their fields to help you get back out there on the playing surface or whatever it is that you want to do activity-wise. Learn more at summitortho.com. That's summitortho.com. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit tombernardshow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. All right. It's time for us to put Judd's grizzled, longtime NFL beat writer eye test to work against pro football focus. I've avoided the grades, too. I have no idea at this point. Okay. We're going to start with the defensive side of the ball here. And you're going to tell us of of players who played at least 15 snaps, yep. who were the highest graded players for the Vikings, the three highest and the three lowest. We'll give you for the you have to fill those six slots. You get three uh, strikes and you're out on each side okay. of the ball here. Okay. All right, three highest. Let's start there. Obviously, Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith. Had a pretty that, that, good game. That might have been the that might have been the layup of the season right there for me. But he was only the second highest graded player for the Vikings in this one. He was a seventy eight point three on a one right. one hundred scale. All right, I am going to say newcomer Marcus Davenport. Marcus Davenport had a really good game, but only the fourth highest graded player, so he does not fall into the top three. He had a seventy three point four grade. Uh, three pressures, a sack, a couple of hurries. Nice little game for Marcus. Okay, so I need two more, including a guy that finished number one overall on the defense, which I would have put my life on Harrison Smith, uh, and now I'd be dead. Um, the unfortunate. Yeah, it happens. Um, okay. Got to think a little bit outside the box here. I would guess the other safety, the linebacker core. Dex, do you know? Are you looking? 
Uh, I think I know who number right. one is. I'm not currently looking, but I remember who okay. number one is. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Okay. I, okay. I'm going to take a wild stab here. Um, because PFF can work in a little bit of mysterious ways at times and see things we definitely don't see when we're watching the game live. I'm going to go with Ivan Pace in the top three. Ooh. Uh, yeah, you're kind of right there. Ivan Pace was the second lowest graded defensive oh, player on the field for the oh, Vikings. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And Osmo still can't get on the field. Yeah. Uh, 37 uh, snaps for Ivan Pace, all right, a 59.4 grade. So he wasn't Ooh. terrible, but. Okay, I got one more. I got one more. Okay, corner. Okay. Um, no, that wouldn't be it. If you want to work on the bottom end of this, it's up to you. We're just looking for three. No, best no, I feel like it was a positive day defensively. I, I feel like it's not. It's not a day where like there there will be opportunities, but I feel like this was a positive. Like the defense did a lot. They played well. In my opinion, they actually sparked this win because the scoop and score changed the entire tenor mm-hmm. of the game from both sides. So, no, I'm, I'm going to stay on the positive here because that's how I am. I see the bright side of things. Um, you know what I'm going to guess? Okay. My third, my third potential strike. And he didn't really show up as far as, like, the sacks went, but, I'm, but he played a ton, and I'm going to guess that he's always pretty solid. Daniil Hunter. Daniil Hunter. He's kind of right in the middle. Kind of right in the middle, Daniil Hunter. He had a, a, a 63.4 okay. grade. He only had one pressure, one hurry. I just thought he might have been, tackles. you know, the technique might have been so sound. Because he still played a ton. I think I think you kind of outsmarted yourself. You, you did. You talked about the guy at the beginning of the episode, and I figured you would just have him on your first guess. DJ Wanham was the highest graded player for the Vikings in this game. Oh, DJ. Yeah, you know, I should have given him love. Yeah. And then, so DJ Wanham, 81.5 grade, Harrison Smith, and then Jonathan Bullard, the defensive tackle, 73.7 grade. I'm sorry, I wouldn't have got that one. DJ, I should have guessed. Bullard, I wouldn't have guessed. Davenport was four, and then Josh Metellus was the fifth highest graded player. On the bottom end, Patrick Jones, the second, was the lowest graded player, 40.3. Ivan Pace Jr. was second lowest, and then Dean Lowry kind of regularly showing up in the bottom here with his 22 That's his best grade, though. I think that's his best grade of the season. At For 59. Dean Lowry? Yes. I might be. Yeah, he is a yeah. he, he is a jag. He is the definition of, of a jag. Yeah. Well, good for DJ. I'm glad. See? Put in the right role. This is my point about life. You put you get yourself in the right role, you're gonna succeed. Yeah. Don't bite off more than you can chew, folks. Kids, there's less to be learned there. Well, let's see if you can avoid biting off more than you can chew on the offensive side of the ball here. We're looking for again the three highest and three lowest graded players. You get three All strikes. Right. Go ahead. All right. Um, Justin Jefferson among the top three. Pretty much always. He yeah, was that's... the second highest graded player. 88.9 out of. That's sort of the free space, 100. right? Like yep, each week. Yeah. I feel like yeah. he he's the free space in bingo. Um, <laughs> don't discount the offensive line here. Don't discount the offensive line. The grittiness of that offensive line. All right, skill position-wise, I'm going to give you one other one. I'm going to give you – do I want to do this? Yeah. Alexander Madison, 95 yards rushing, pretty darn effective game. Kind of middle, middle of the pack in terms of okay. grades. 
They okay. dinged him for pass protection. They did not like his five pass protection snaps. Oh. And they they said he probably could have done a better job as a runner, too. That maybe there were some more holes and cutback lanes, and he didn't take as much advantage well, as he could true. have. That's probably true. Or maybe Still he better. could have. Could he have broken one for 40 yards that he didn't, you know? I don't think he's a. I don't. I think um, I think Cam Akers is going to be the guy that breaks a few runs. I don't think – I don't know that Madison has that next gear. Like, the more I watch him, I don't mm-hmm. see that gear. But, but he, you know, hell, if you get seven yards or six yards of crack, I'm not going to criticize that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'm going to go offensive line now because I do feel like the offensive line had a good game, uh, especially in the run blocking uh, mode. Um, Ingram didn't have – as Booney said, and we talked about, Ingram didn't have as bad a game as people thought, but I don't think he finished top three. So I'm uh, the guards is a little bit difficult. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go Brian O'Neill as a top three. Brian O'Neill. He had a good game. He had Tough a good game for me. Only game. ranked uh, fifth among players who played 15 or more snaps. A 77.6 okay. overall grade there, and a great run blocking grade. So he he had a good game. With with one guest left, am I on the right track with the with the uh, big men up front? A little bit. Yes. Yep. So so I so my feeling like like what I feel is right. I yep. just I just have lean into right what thing. you're feeling here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. This is sports therapy for the sports therapist. Sports dad likes this. Don't overthink um, it. We had a we yeah, had a I great great really show yesterday. Great show yesterday with Booney too. Just you know, great show with Booney yesterday. Okay. Ezra Cleveland. Damn. He's trying to help Judd there. Ezra Cleveland was the third worst graded player for the Vikings offensively. 54.6. Ingram? Ingram was kind of middle of the pack. And I'll get you like the pressure numbers. Oh, I thought you were saying a guard. Oh, so like I, I thought I thought by saying Booney's oh. name, you you were steering me towards a guard. I was steering you toward his commentary on the number one graded oh. player for the Vikings yesterday, Josh Oliver at 91. Oh. He oh, welcomed Josh Oliver into – he hates tight ends because yeah. they they don't mm-hmm. block, you know. Yeah. But he's like, who is that? Uh, Josh Oliver. Had, yeah, probably. And then that. Christian Derisaw was the third highest graded player at 88.3. On the bottom end, the three worst graded players were Ezra Cleveland. Kirk Cousins was the second worst graded player. Yeah, back, you didn't have a good game. And then Jordan Addison was the worst player because he is a train wreck in run blocking. Just – unplayably bad in run blocking. That's why he only played 28 total snaps out of like the 48 that they played. Because yep. they don't trust him as a run blocker. I think KJ played like 45. Um, KJ, yeah, played 40. Yep. So, so 12 more snaps. And I, I mean, Jordan Addison, he's diminutive. You know, he, can he put on some weight? I'm not saying he's forever going to be bad at this, but that's what's holding him back from being mm-hmm. officially the number two well, wide receiver. And when they go big... Like in in th- this game, where they're obviously going to emphasize the run, it's probably more more of a uh, wide receivers that, that can block. The incredible thing is, I'm not sure what his grade was, but as Boone talked about, and I saw in film as well, my God, Jefferson's blocking game was phenomenal. Yep. Yeah. He. Let me see what they. Let's see what they said about that. It's kind of really fun good. to go. If the, by the way, if, if we're boring you, audience, just tell it. We love. I don't know. We love this segment. And some people have said they do too. We love just kind of combing through and seeing what what everyone says in the aftermath. But um, Justin Jefferson, he was involved in 22 run blocking snaps, and they gave him a 61 grade. So, you know, he's 
he's a, he's good. He's a good yeah, run blocker, nice at block. least in that game. Real quick on the pressure front. So Kirk did not throw that many passes in this game. So he had, let's see here, 21 dropbacks. I think there was a couple of sacks because he had 19 attempts, but he was only under pressure for five dropbacks in that game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It was like the cleanest that he's been kept. Now, on those five pressure dropbacks, he did throw the interception. That was the second interception. The first one was a clean drop, man. That was just a clean drop back, 99-yard pick six, and that's why he got dinged on the PFF grade. And 19 dropbacks, right? Yes. Uh, no, uh, so, tw- 21 dropbacks, 21 dro- okay. but, but 19 pass attempts because he got yeah. sacked twice. Yeah. So that game didn't play out for a Kirk game, but that's fine. They won. Yeah, and I think Josh Oliver is their highest graded player this season. Like throughout the four games, yeah. Josh Oliver has been an absolute. The beast. run game is really coming along. Like that, we're, we're really starting to see that now. That that first game I think was a little bit rough, uh, but you like in the last, you know, since the season started, now you've really seen the the run game start to progress. And and I will say this for anyone bemoaning it, you know, well, because Madison's not really fun to watch per se. Like you know, when Cook broke away, which he, but Dalvin Cook, if you've looked at his stats or watched the Jets, he is done. Oh, it's bad. At twenty eight, he is done. He can't get like it's that is that's as good a call as the Vikings have made on jettisoning a veteran like in the nick of time. Yeah. And it's it's too bad because he's a beloved player. Uh, you know, you hate to, and, and it kind of felt like we were shoveling dirt on him. And people were like, why do you get look at his stats? But it's it, there's a lot of guys that can, if you give someone the ball two hundred plus times, are going to run for eight hundred to a thousand to twelve hundred yards. It's some of the underlying stuff that was yeah. really sounding an alarm last year for him. And their line's not, you know, the the Jets line obviously has its deficiencies, but in watching the game against the Chiefs on Sunday, yeah. like there's there's nothing there. You talk about gears. There's no gears left. They're stripped. Yep. No, that's a good way. Uh, a good way to put it, boys. Let's go through our our weekly pigskin pecking order here. I'll pop this up on the screen for the YouTube audience. So we'll go through our ten best teams in the NFL in order. We do. Uh, we all rank, and then we do an aggregate, sort of an average of where the teams fall, and then we'll tell you where the Vikings rank after their first win of the season. All right. We'll start with uh, number one here, the San Francisco 49ers remain the number one team in the NFL, according to us. Yep. That's that's Phil and Judd, and Dex still does not have them one, Dex? No, nope. all nope. three of us have the 49ers oh, as you do. the okay. number one team in the NFL. Gotcha. Yep. All right. uh, the second-ranked team in the NFL is the Kansas City Chiefs. So, Judd, you and I are in lockstep here. We both have the Chiefs second. Dex has the Chiefs fifth on his list. Okay. Mm-hmm. With his little it's... Travis Kelsey mustache that he's yeah. wearing. Yeah, it's uh, it's very much uh, my my Travis Kelsey just want to be with Taylor. Um, but I I just I've seen enough from the four teams above them that I have that I think are better teams than the Chiefs right now. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I'm at. Number three tied with another number three here, so we have a, a dead heat between the Buffalo Bills and the Philadelphia Eagles. So I had the Eagles fifth. Judd had the Eagles third. Declan has the Eagles second. I think the the, the top five teams are all very good and very mm-hmm. formidable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was really the only main discrepancy. And then I'll put the fifth team on the board here, the Miami Dolphins. We all kind of ding them a little bit. Uh, let's see, who had the Dolphins ranked? Declan and I had them fourth. Judd, you dropped the Dolphins to eighth after the shellacking 
against the Buffalo Bills. Eighth, huh? Well, and I also dispatched my Bengals. I said, screw you. You, I put you six last week. You make me look like a fool. You're out. Yeah. It just seems yes. like a little harsh that you've, you've got the Dolphins falling to eighth, but. Okay. Uh, you know what? It's interesting. I mean, they, they got a test there and they uh, failed the test. You got the Lions above the Dolphins, which we can talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. Baltimore Ravens, six. Dallas Cowboys, seven. Detroit Lions, eight. And then a tie for our last spot here in the pigskin packing order between the Seattle Seahawks and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers making their debut at three and one mm-hmm. in the pigskin packing order. So uh, two other teams getting at least a vote. Declan had the Browns at nine. I didn't know what to do with 10. So I'm going to give the Houston Texans just a little love as the 10th best team. I like they've blown the doors off two straight teams and CJ Stroud looks like a really good young quarterback. I, I did the exact same thing, Phil, until the Seahawks won last night Yeah, because I thought the same thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. The Dolphins, I am the Dolphins. I can't tell you because that was a tough test on Sunday and they failed it. And Detroit, I still don't like a lot, but but six through ten for me is just sort of a mix things up and see see where I put teams. I think, but when like a team scores seventy points on someone else, I'm gonna they're yeah. gonna come down the next week. Buffalo is really good. Right. I actually thought that was kind of a like you walk into Buffalo after hanging seventy points, you're probably gonna have a little bit of a letdown. So I wasn't super shocked by that result, but we'll see how they handle it going forward. The yeah. And I am amazed. I, honest to God, did not think the Broncos would be this bad. I, I really thought they'd bounce back somewhat. What do you mean? And they are just a dumpster fire. They I mean, just, they, they it just was two came back from fires. down 21 on the road and won a game last week. It was two know. dumpster fires playing on Sunday in Chicago. God, that was ugly. So where do we have the Vikings? Obviously not in the top 10. I have them 15th. Judd has them 18th. And Declan has them 22nd. So Declan's still the most negative. I, based on what I told you guys yesterday with my hottest take, do I think the Vikings are a sleeping giant waiting to erupt against the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday? But none of us have them anywhere near the top ten right now. I moved them up two spots. I dropped them to twentieth uh, after the Chargers loss, and I said, you know what? But I mean, I again, when you look at, at at the standings, like in the approximation of the area that the Vikings would be. I mean, you could have the Vikings 24th. You could have the Vikings like 16th. It's just, it's a hodgepodge of teams yeah. that don't look that good. Yeah. I, I moved them up one it. slot. I need, to, I need to see more. The Carolina's not absolutely. a good team. And yeah, uh, I need to see a lot more before I put them back up. Yeah. Well, you're going to get a chance because they play the Chiefs and the 49ers in the next three weeks. And then that Bears game. If you don't win that Bears game, then you might as well just... Trade and yeah, out. and don't give me Soldier Fields tough. Not with this piece of crap. No, don't give me Soldier this. Fields tough. Plus, I think they, I think they've won three consecutive games there now. Yeah, it's no, not so this like year. we always default to this. Oh, the grass is too long at Soldier Field. Okay, yeah, yeah it yeah. sucks, but so do the Bears. Yeah, uh, a shout out to our friends. You know what doesn't suck, at least according to uh, our dogs, is Nutrisource. Nutrisource chicken and rice. You know, Maya slept in this morning. She was very nice. But then when, when it was time, when dad opened his eyes, she was like, oh, it's time for breakfast. Time for Nutrisource. And she loves it. So does Stella. And and Stella also, she loves those treats. The training rewards treats, when she comes inside, she's like, Pop, Pop, you go to that bag right now and you get me what I deserve. And funny, but it's always Nutrisource. Weird how that works out. I, you know, I was uh, giving Judd some crap there. I heard uh, Stella was out in the North Loop on on Sunday night, having a little Sunday night, out. Sunday night. Oh wow! Ryder. 
with Ryder. So, so drinking I was, a red cow. I was like, interesting. So she got home and got her Nutrisource after a crazy night out. I mean, who doesn't love some munchies after a, a night out on Sunday night in the North Loop? And, and you may as well get yourself some Nutrisource. Same with Vinster here on the east side of town. Uh, he loves it. He'll just stare at me. Sometimes, you know, he does the pose like he does here. He just says, hey, paint me like one of your French girls, Dad. And then give me some Nutrisource. That's what he does. <laughs> Nutrisource is the official pet mm. and dog food of Purple Daily and of Score North. You can find a Nutrisource retailer near you by going to Nutrisource Pet Foods dot com um all right gentlemen also uh from let's go from uh, talking about dog food to people food that you can cook on a grill perhaps a weber grill it's tailgating season you know it's fun walking around uh, last weekend or i guess two weekends ago now we were walking around the vikings tailgate lots outside u.s bank stadium fratelloni's is one of the largest weber dealers in the state and they're here to help you with tailgating season this is exclusive footage of declan's kebabs here on his Weber grill on the YouTube channel, whether it's kebabs, steak, wings, dogs, burgers, you name it. A Weber grill from Fratelloni's is, uh, is going to help you out here. Go to scorenorth.com and enter keyword Weber to find out more information about your next Weber or stop into one of the 20 Metro locations of Fratelloni's hardware and garden. So we should also mention that if you're a twins fan, there's not like a full overlap between Vikings fans on Purple Daily and Twins fans, but we will be doing Twins Ventline at the end of the Twins playoff games on the Score North YouTube channel. So uh, we're recording this just a few hours before the first game of that wildcard series. We're hoping the Twins can finally snap the historic 0-18 losing streak in the playoffs, but we're there for celebration or therapy on the Score North YouTube channel. The Score North Twin Show will be live uh, right after the game is over. Judd's going to be there. In the house, in the press box. Oh yeah, sweating it out. Oh, um, yeah, I think I'll be yeah, sweating. I'll be sweating. sweating. I don't. It's gonna be, be like eighty-five degrees today. Oh, I'll be sweating. Oh, yeah, that's heat. true. That's true. That that mm-hmm. that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Heat, humidity. It's October. Okay, let's just go down to seventy. I think we get the crisp, the crisp air oh, in a couple weekend. days here. By game yeah. two, we're gonna get the crisp air. Cool. I think we got. I think we got a high of seventy tomorrow tomorrow maybe or it's not as hot tomorrow so yeah you know what i mean i appreciate summer love you but it's done now come on let's let's get that good football hockey weather eat sleep and break the streak baby that's that's been my mo the last 48 hours i feel bad for your for your gal and dog staying home watching that game with you today. they'll be away from me it'll be great they'll be godspeed to them the mustache going uh, this is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. We'll see you tomorrow. All right. Welcome into Stepping Up, presented by Federated Insurance, where we talk with next generation business owners and business leaders about their process, about their philosophies, what challenges they face, and their vision for the future of business. And our guest on this episode is the chief operating officer of the Minnesota Timberwolves, a man who has seen a lot of basketball and a lot of sports business the last 20 or 25 years, Ryan Tankey. Thank you for joining, Ryan. Great to see you, Phil. Great to be here. Thank you for having me on. This is fun. As you're going up the ladder to become a director, to become a vice president, you're grinding and working, I would think, in a different way. Like, you're grinding no matter what, but mm-hmm. what is the difference in the work? Is it, are you, are you, I'm assuming on the sea level of things, and this applies to business owners too, it's probably more about macro principles than sort of like in the weeds and working on micro things. How would you sort of characterize 
at the sea level, the way that you're allocating your time in a workday? When I'm functioning at my best, which means I'm probably bringing the most value to my role or most value to the company, I, I'm functioning through a lens. Uh, I call it lead, involve, and inform, Phil. And I'll know when those things are you know, off balance or something. But when you get to the lead part of this, which are the things, here's what Ryan is actually leading. Here's what I'm leading, you know? Those shouldn't be more than three or four things at any time, Phil, right? So things that I'm actually driving for the organization and charged with leading, I really believe should be three or four things, right? That was the mistake I made a lot of times earlier in my career leading things, which is you try to lead too many things. The second bucket that I call involve are things, Phil, that I'm not necessarily leading, but they're more than informing me. I want to be part of that process. So somebody on my leadership team might be driving and leading it, but I want to be involved throughout and uh, should be involved throughout and making sure there's real clarity with my team around what those items are. And then truthfully, 90% of what happens should be informed, which, me, which means these are things that I've got great people. We have tremendous leaders here that are driving big, big, big things. Most of those things, I just need to be kept informed. And so when I'm, when I'm going through, and, and, I'll, and if there's a question I have along the way, I can bubble that up or I can, I can ask, but you know, I shouldn't be leading more than three or four things. I shouldn't probably be involved with you know, six or 10 things. And then the rest of it, honestly, hire great people, get out of the way and let them, let them go. Love it, man. Love to hear that. And uh, appreciate your insights on business leadership. And yeah, Ryan, it was great catching up. Thanks for your time today, man. Yeah, thanks a lot. Love, love doing it and love to do it again sometime. Ryan Tankey, the uh, Chief Operating Officer of the Minnesota Timberwolves and Minnesota Lynx here on Stepping Up, presented by Federated Insurance.